It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Jamari Burnett is committed to the Auburn Tigers. The talented four-star running back had a wild up and down recruitment, and we're going to break it all down for you and react Live here on Locked on Auburn, I'm Zach Blackerby, Daryl Daprich. Your initial thoughts. We all kind of saw this coming. I don't think this is a big surprise, but it's finally done. I mean, we talked about it every week with John Garcia every week since like November. But mm-hmm. finally, he's committed. He's a, he's a member of this Auburn class. Outside of Jeremiah Cobb, he's the running back that I coveted the most for Auburn, only because, I, to be full disclosure, I had the opportunity to watch them both play. I, they played each other twice. Uh, well, he didn't play against Catholic the second time in the playoffs, but they played during the regular season. Uh, Burnett came to Montgomery last year and played another private school, so I've had the opportunity to watch him, and I was very excited uh, that, that Auburn was able to get him. It, a big back in the mold. I was trying to think of a comp. Me and you talked about it yesterday, and it dawned on me today. Uh, Cameron Petway, the 2016 season, when he absolutely was going crazy during that five or six game stretch and was one of the best running backs in the country, that big back that gets you three yards inside the goal line is going to score, get you your first downs, but still has the elusiveness in the open field to, to break some nice runs. He's not just a plotter, right. like, oh, we need three yards. He can, he can break big runs, big plays. So exciting. I love the big back concept at Auburn now. I, I do too. I'm a fan of it as well. And I know some people want the down, you know, downfield speed and, and all. And you're going to have that. You're going to have that. And, and they're going to, it sounds like they're going to get another running back in this class. It sounds like it's going to be a two running back class, which it probably needs to be. I love him in a certain, like, if he has a role, do I want him to be the back at some point? Maybe if he develops into that, Daryl, and not, I mean, we're two or three years away in his development to see if that's even an option. But I think the floor for this guy, I think the floor for Jamirian Burnett is a dude that you give it to on third and two, second and two if you want to move the chains, you know, a goal line back. And if that's the floor, I'll take that. Absolutely. Especially in today's version of college football. And we've kind of seen Hugh Freeze always have kind of a committee, whether he was at Ole Miss or at Liberty. He's used multiple backs. And if you're telling me you've got a different kind of style with each of these backs that are in the stable, I love that. I love the upside that he brings as a piece of a running back stable two or three years from now. Uh, I'm all for it. 
I would tell you, get out of my head, Zach Blackerby, because my next thought was going to use the word stable, of stable of running backs. And I love the change of pace that each back brings. Yeah. So the versatility that you have in a running back room is so key. And the fact that you've got your scat backs, per se, in Batie and Austin that's, that's, that's fast, that can get around the corner, Jarquez Hunter, who's more of a power back but can still break it, Jeremiah Cobb, who I think is a hybrid of both. Don't sleep on him. He can, he can take it to the house but also run over you. You know, Auburn has had a tradition – from Ben Tate to Cameron Artis Payne to we mentioned Petway, uh, Stephen Davis, James Bostick, a lot of these big backs that have done very, very well. Terry Bowden, unfortunately, fell in love with the 5'7", 130-pound tailback and went away from that. But there's nothing wrong with having that back on your roster because it's just like a pitching rotation, different backs for different circumstances, and it's situational. And if you've got three or four that you can get significant snaps with, I think of like a Corey Grant, remember, or a Ontario McCaleb that was a nice change of pace back when Dyer was running over people. Um, that, that's the kind of thing that I think is really cool and really special because it gives you versatility. Yep, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. All right, so this is Auburn's fourth member of the 2024 class, and I'm seeing tweets that Auburn's currently at 27. This should move them to 18. Once again, it's so early. Right oh, yeah. now, it's more about, you know, the how many guys you have committed versus the quality of player that you have committed. Um, but I love the group that's been forming so far. I mean, you've got four four-stars. Walker White, the quarterback, of course, friend of the show. Jamarian Burnett, now the second highest rated player in this class, a four-star. And then two four-star corners, Amon Lane and Jaden Lewis. I love the early makeup of this class. You've got DBs because you have Zach Etheridge on your staff, so you're always going to have a bunch of those. But just the, the the pop of the running back and then obviously your quarterback being the headliner so far. like uh, Early signs, man. I really like it. And, Daryl, I love the timing of this. And I think they probably would have rather had this happen a few weeks ago. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors, obviously. But – you got to think, okay, there's been so much recruiting momentum, and we've, we talked about it on the show um, throughout the week, Daryl, about like, okay, you could flip all of these dudes, all of these Georgia commits and Alabama commits. They're all kind of here, right, all the time. They're visiting Auburn every other day, it seems like. But, like, you're not getting those commitments yet. And so now you've got one. Now you've got one, and let's see what type of positive momentum this could garner moving forward. Momentum is the key. The more people that get in – and, 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 you know, commit to Auburn, the more momentum you get, it snowballs. Other people jump on board, follow the lead. Um, when you were going through the commits, Hank Brown is a 2024 kid, right? The, 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 as you refer to him, the baby goat, he is in this class as well? No, he's already signed. He's a 23 guy. That's right. You're right. Okay, that's so why I was confused. He'll be here. This, he'll be on the 23 roster. That's right. And the reason yep. why I got confused because he's not here. So, right. yeah, it, it's a it's – a, has the potential to be a really special class. How many of us said, okay, 2023 was salvaged. Great job by Hugh Freeze, but really keep your eye on 2024. John Garcia said it on your show with you, that 2024 has the capability or the potential to be a top 10 class. I'm not pie in the sky with that. I'm not pumping sunshine and rainbows. I really believe at the end of the day, with some of the things that we hear with recruits that are on 
um, campus and that kind of thing. I yeah. really believe that if you get a, just a handful of those kids that have visited, you can propel yourself into the top 10. Right. Right. So I just love, okay, let's talk about his path to playing time. We assume they're going to get another running back in this class. That's certainly what the reports are saying and what, you know, Keith Niebuhr and Jeffrey Lee and, and uh, Cole Pinks, and they're all, they're all expecting two backs in this class, which I assume will be more of your scat back, you know, one cut and then just, you know, take it off the top of a defense. But Burnett's first year, so next year, we assume Jarquez will be gone. And so it's probably Cobb and Austin. The T will be gone. And so Burnett and whoever this other member of this class is, is probably going to fight for that third spot. But you may see Burnett earlier because he's a different style of back than the other two guys in front of him. I think Cobb and Austin are similar. And I think whoever they'll bring in will probably be a more similar style to those two guys. And so you actually may see Burnett play earlier in his time at Auburn. It's a great point. It's all about situational football. If you have a running back that does a really good job of catching the ball out of the backfield, you'll see him earlier in obvious throwing downs, right? Because you want that back in the backfield that can swing out of the swing out of the uh, formation and catch a pass. Same scenario if Auburn gets in short yardage, third and two, third and three, second and two, mm -hmm. right? You put him in there, and then it just opens up a, a ton of opportunities. I envision a scenario where it's second and two, and they bring Burnett in the game, and everybody and their mother thinks, oh, short yardage, second and two, Auburn's getting the first down, and then Walker White play actions, and Camden Brown walks in for 70 yards. I mean, those kind of scenarios is what Auburn needs with diversity on offense and not being so predictable. A guy like Burnett, you bring him into the fold, everybody thinks he's getting the ball third and two because he's your short down back or second and two. He will get an opportunity to get on the field earlier. And I love the potential. I just love the different variations that can come from this. I'm with you. We got a, we got a hot take from Oregon, Wyoming here. You, you tell me how hot this take is, Daryl. Oregon, Wyoming says Fat and Cobb, so Fat Burnett, Jeremiah Cobb, are about to be caddy and Brown 2.0. You know, the potential is there. It's hard to uh, – I love the take. I, would, I, I wouldn't want to burden kids with unrealistic expectations because those are big shoes to fill. But the potential of having two backs in consecutive years – now, I think Cadillac and Ronnie Brown came in at the same time. But the potential – that thunder and lightning scenario, right? Thunder and lightning, you got the big bruising back. I remember Ronnie Brown – taking uh, somebody's manhood from the Tennessee secondary, running over him at the two-yard line, Cadillac getting outside. But that's why I love the change of pace. You cannot focus on one particular back. Auburn went undefeated right. that year because Cadillac did not have to carry the ball an enormous amount of, of carries. And then Ronnie Brown spelled him. You get two or three backs that you can kind of, you know, divvy up the carries. They stay fresh. They're different change of pace. I'm telling you, that's a great analogy, and I would love, love to see that. Uh, <laughs> Oregon, Wyoming responds by saying, I'm all about burdening children with unrealistic expectations. True. I do that with my own all the time. Yeah. That is, uh, they got to be tough. It's a tough world out there, right? Yep. That's right. That's right. Um, cool. I mean, I, I just think this is a great, a great day. I, and I love the whole Fat Friday thing, which I haven't like met 
Fat Burnett by any stretch of the imagination, but it sounds like he's the kind of guy that would lean into to something like that. And I think it's pretty cool. I think it's pretty cool that we'll refer to this as Fat Friday. You know, the the day that um, Jamarian Burnett committed to the Auburn Tigers. I think that's pretty cool. I think it's pretty. Cool. I love it. I, I just again, it's it's all about good news and momentum, and it's only going to continue to grow. We had so many kids on campus in the last week that I'm hearing so many positive reports from crystal balls, that kind of thing, until they're in the fold, till they commit, or actually till they sign on the dotted line. I get it. It's pure speculation. Yep. But let's be honest, Zach, this kind of buzz wasn't happening a year ago. I don't care if they haven't got into the fold yet. It wasn't even being talked about. They weren't even on campus. They weren't getting spoken to, right? Harson stayed in his office with his door shut and acted like the emperor. So, you know, right. this is different. The picture that you got of your photo guy, your, your, your photographer, of him talking to Sterling Dixon, Hugh Freeze, and Sterling Dixon's dad, that matters. It's interaction. It's relationships. It's not pompous attitudes and arrogance. So this is why I think the fruits of the labor are going to pay off down the road. I, don't, I know that they haven't signed yet. I know they haven't committed. But just a pure numbers game, you get 60 kids – on campus over a month that are really good prospects. If just 15 of them hit, oh my gosh, you're talking about a top 10 class. I'm very trying to temper my expectations, but I can't help it being extremely excited and enthused. Um, I guess you would say I'm kind of a booging, right? That's hey, we the, can boog. Absolutely. Can boog? On, the, yeah. on this fat Friday. Rush asked, waiting for the 247 sports to update, but Auburn currently has a number 10 class in the SEC in 2024. Should be top 25 nationally after this update. Yes, I think it was Tom Green of AL.com. He put out that once it updates, Auburn will move up to 18th. That's assuming if nothing else happens. So um, Auburn should be 18th. So, Rush, you're absolutely right. They will be top 25 nationally. Good call on and that. Let's focus on that. I, you know, years past, especially with the SEC expanding to 16 teams, Auburn could be 11th in the SEC, and people look at that and go, oh, you're only 11th in the SEC. But 11th in the SEC could be good for 13th in the nation. Sure. Right? So let's look nationally with a 12-team playoff expanding, especially you don't have to finish first in the SEC to get to the, to, to the playoff. And so just recruit top 10 nationally. Mm -hmm. If you're eighth in the SEC, you're okay because of that expanded playoff. Yep. I, I think you're right. Auburn's going to be one of those teams that benefits the most in theory from that, especially with Hugh Freeze recruiting at the level we expect him to. Yeah, and just just so folks know, um, I mean, this is a guy that everybody thought was good. So I'm just I've got I've got his page pulled up here. On on three, he's the 28th running back in this class, the 16th best player in the state of Alabama. I'll take that. 247 has him as the 10th rated running back in this class and the 10th player in Alabama. ESPN mm. has him as the 8th running back in this class and the 7th best player. That's in phenomenal. Alabama. Yeah. ESPN is usually tougher on recruiting rankings, and we have a hard time breaking into that ESPN threshold. So that's a another plus. They're also the rankings I probably respect the least, if I'm just being honest with you. Uh, I yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I'm just yeah, you're hundred percent correct. I, I like the other two that you mentioned, but because historically we seem to never get a break with them, you know, it makes me a little bit you know, a little bit jaded towards them. So the fact that they did throw a bone that way 
Ah, you know, even makes it more in, impactful. Well, and we've actually had bad luck with the guys that they really liked. Like Byron Coward was the number one player on ESPN, right? And then like Dylan Brooks was a top fifteen player on ESPN. And Cal either, Calvin you know, Ashley was a, was really really high yeah, on on ESPN, right? So we'll we'll see. And then Rivals, thirteenth best running back in the class, seventh in the state of Alabama, which he's the top back in Alabama, which is important. I think that's two years in a row now where Auburn's done that with Jeremiah Cobb, and then. With uh with Jamari and Burnett, so once again, Carnell Williams, caddy goes and gets his dude. He wanted Damari, he wanted Jeremiah, and, and now obviously he wanted Jamari and Burnett. So that that is that is huge. That is huge. I think um, he probably had a pretty big uh, say too in plucking a, a three star out of Mississippi and Jarquez Hunter, who signed late. He wasn't in the early signing period. He was in the later signing period. So. You know, credit Cadillac for getting on him and finding a little bit of a diamond in the rough who ended up who could be a 1,300, 1,400-yard back this year. Yeah, at the time we gave that to Harson, but I'm cool giving that to Caddy now, 100%. 100%. Hunter says, I was born to bug. I'm with you, Hunter, as uh, as most of the people here are. Um, Thomas asks, any rumors on more commits coming soon, especially A-Day weekend? Possibly, we've mm -hmm. seen how many dudes are coming to A Day Weekend, which is great. You know, the more times you can get them in Jordan Hare Stadium when there's people and action going on, certainly the better. Um, and a few people have asked who's the next guy. Like Joe Phillips is a guy that'll be here yeah. on A Day. You know, the, yeah. the Tuskegee linebacker. Like, if I had to guess, it'd be him. Me too. He's, he's kind of similar to Burnett. We've kind of been expecting it to pop for a while now. But Joe Phillips is kind of – he's kicked the kicked the can down the road a little bit. He's taken a few more visits. But Burnett did the same thing, and it still ultimately turned out to be um, to be a, a positive thing for, for Auburn there. Um, Warrior Wyoming asked about injury concerns. He did miss the postseason this past mm -hmm. year. But, look, this staff has a full – his senior season to evaluate if that's really an issue or not. I'm right. sure there's been some tests run and some other things too. Uh, that it, that it, to make sure that he is uh, stable and, and physically able right. to enter any school, any college. It's not just an Auburn thing. If the kid's going to play at the next level, then you know you you've got to make sure you take care of those those concerns and get them checked out. Right. Um. Yeah. Talking about his injury, somebody's saying it's a shoulder. I don't know if that's entirely true. Uh, Rush says, "Could we project out how that backfield of Fat and Cobb would rank in the SEC? Feeling top three in the conference easy. Maybe like, I really like Jeremiah Cobb. I really like Jeremiah Cobb. In fact, I've been called out a lot for being too high on Jeremiah Cobb as a true freshman this upcoming year. So like, I get it. I totally get it. Rush. I'm with you. Now the big thing here is how do they fit in the offense? You know, like what is, what does Hugh Freeze's system allow them to do? And then obviously you got to create space with them and you can do that with scheme and you do that with the big 300 pound dudes, moving guys. <laughs> so, yeah. so they have space to run. And so I think they have the ability to be a top three back in the sec or a top three tandem in the sec. The issue is like, can you get the offensive lineman on campus quick enough in order for that to happen? And I mean, Hugh freeze is doing everything he possibly can to achieve that, to make that possible. But there's just some factors outside of their control that allow it, but they talent wise, Daryl, I think they've got the ability to do it. Yeah. There's a, there's a, you know, a possibility that anybody can miss uh, when they, once they get to college, I, I just think that having seen a lot of backs over the years and watched a lot of high school football with a lot of elite backs, even in the Montgomery area, the Prattville area, 
Jeremiah Cobb was one of those guys that I watched that I walked away with the wow factor. I've seen him play three times. I saw him play once at about 60%, and they ran him out there, and it was um, – he's special. Now, whether that will translate to the college game, I can't imagine why it wouldn't. But like I said, I've seen a lot of high school backs that are really, really good, and uh, he just right in that that that, that whole realm of, of special backs. I would be shocked if he wasn't an immediate contributor even as a freshman. All right, the 247 stuff updated. They're now 13th nationally. Wow. That's yeah, Keith, Keith Niebuhr just put this out. Yep. They are 13th nationally with their four commits, and they're seventh in the SEC. So I think that previous commenter said 10th, so this moves them up a few spots. So they're 13th nationally, seventh in the SEC, which sounds ridiculous when you look at where we were a year ago. If you get in the top five in the SEC and the top eight or nine nationally, you couldn't – I mean – got a with, shot. You, you yeah, that four with, years in a row, you've got a shot. Exactly. And with the way they – it's not only getting – procuring the talent on campus, it's can you develop them. And I think we all feel comfortable with Hugh Freeze and his staff sure. doing a good job of developing kids too. So you give him the, that type of talent to work with, um, it's going to be – it's going to be special, man. It's going to be so much fun. I, I'm so excited. Just the enthusiasm, the positive momentum. It's great. Absolutely great to feel this way. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Uh, all right. Let's see. Ryan says, got to be careful here. Auburn fans are comparing their current successes with what we had over the past two to four years to be a champion. We need to compare the successes with the current league champions. I agree with some of that, but first you have to be where we are now before you can get to that point. I mean, there, there's certainly steps that you have to take to get into the right direction. And like Auburn hasn't had that. I mean, they didn't have it with the half, the last half of the Gus era mm -hmm. where it was just like, you know, or, or do you have somebody that you believe is not afraid to like recruit against Nick Saban and then, you know, Georgia. So you have that now. And as far as comparing it to the rest of the SEC, like we just said, you're seventh which to win a championship isn't good enough. But I think just the fact that you kind of look at the lay of the land and all of a sudden you kind of sit back and it's like, no, we can do this. Like Auburn is, is in a situation where they've got the NIL situation figured out and now they've got a dude that's a psychopath on the recruiting trail. It's okay. It's okay. So Ryan, while you're correct, it's okay to enjoy things. Not only that, I think your point that you have to get away from your own inadequacies and out from underneath your own failures to be able to compete with the big boys. You, you, you can't – if you're in the shadow of your own, you know, ineptitude with, the, with some of the things that Harson did the last two years, and as you said, the, you know, the, the latter half of Gus Malzahn, to take that step forward, you have to get out from underneath that shadow. Let's keep in mind, too, even during the years with Tuberville when Auburn would – you know, go 13-0 and and win SEC championships. He was probably third or fourth in the SEC. Florida, Alabama, and Georgia were still recruiting better than him. Um, you know, the the going back to the Gus Malzahn when the, or, or Gene Chiswick, that 2010 team, the one the national championship, it was all, you know, Cam Newton was such a big part, but that recruiting class was great. It was top 10, but I think it was maybe top three in the SEC, top four. So you're still not going to be – it's going to be very – you can still win national championships and get to the playoff finishing in the top four or five in your own conference if you finish top ten nationally. Sure, sure. Also, the, like the 2010 team, 
is kind of the exception to the rule when looking at like stars and roster makeup because like Cam Newton was just the best college football player of all time. But yeah. still, no, the, the the theory is there. I totally agree. I mean, they got Dyer. They got Carl. I mean, they got defensive tackles that I remember Trooper Taylor going crazy when they yeah. got him. Yeah, but like there's – there's still like a reason like nobody else really got drafted on that team. Oh yeah. You, you know, put Barrett Trotter at quarterback that year, that team's eight and four. I mean, there's no doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty astounding. Like the only, there are only like two good players on that team, <laughs> like from an NFL point of view. It's pretty amazing. It's pretty amazing. Daryl, just, uh, I'm just asking the question and you tell me if this is dumb or not. And you and I've probably talked about this. I don't know if it was on, behind microphones or not, but Hugh Freeze has a great offensive track record with quarterbacks, with offensive linemen, with big receivers. The tight end pedigree is there. Running backs, not a thing. Like when you look at all of Hugh Freeze's running backs, like the list is pretty short. Uh-huh. It's pretty remarkably short considering how effective his offenses have been. Do you think that's his scheme? Do you think that's where he's been? Because Ole Miss has had good running backs, right? I mean, Ole Miss has had guys that have stuck in the league for a long time, but not necessarily during his tenure there. Do you think having Carnell Williams and having the most talented running back room, I think this is objective when I say this. Let me Call me out there. Let me know in the live chat. But this is the best running back room that he's ever had as a head coach. I firmly believe that. And I'll say that Jarquez Hunter is the best running back he's ever had. And so now bringing guys in, do you think that's a Hugh Freeze thing? Or do you think it's just a situational thing where like he hasn't really had the opportunity to coach elite running backs before? I, I think he hasn't had the opportunity to coach elite running backs. I do know his style, uh, although people think of it as just receivers and quarterbacks, he does love to run the football a lot. Sure. I think at Ole Miss during the time that he was there, he was losing certain recruiting battles on running backs and was really putting all his eggs in on one basket with the Laramie Tunzels and the, you know, Mm -hmm. the the Browns, the receivers. So I think he went after a different thing. I think he realizes at Auburn and keep in mind, Lane Kiffin wouldn't have really good backs in his stable too, if it wasn't for the transfer portal, you know, he got some good transfer portal running backs, Um, the kid from TCU. And of course he did sign the kid out of Montgomery. And that was a, from, that was a, from Pike road um, Judkins. But other than that, the transfer portal changes the game on that. I think you would have seen Hugh Freeze have a better stable of backs in the mid-2000s if the transfer portal was around. So I think it's a little bit of a combination of sure. both, but I think he realizes at Auburn he can, he can win those recruiting battles for elite running backs or top 50 running backs in the nation where he couldn't perhaps at Ole Miss. And so that changes philosophy a little bit. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, Looking at the SEC standings now in regards to the 2024 classes, like we said, Auburn is seventh. But so early on in the process, a lot of it has to do with how many guys are actually committed. Quantity is a big part of these rankings, so we just got to kind of keep that in mind. But when you rank it by total like average player score, I think Auburn's actually higher. That's what I always do. Is anybody that loves to follow recruiting, yeah, Mm -hmm. go look at average ranking because if you have 17 or 18 commits, you go way up to the top and they could suck. They could be a bunch of three-star, low three-stars, but they get ranked higher because of quantity. Look at quality. You you want to have a threshold of at least signing a certain number of kids to keep your classes backfilling people you lose. 
But once you get to 18, 19, something like that, start looking at the average ranking per kid, this average star ranking. And I think that really tells the tale. Yeah, so Auburn's average rating, and this is according to on three, they're 91.03. South Carolina is ahead of them, and they've, they've got one more kid. They've got five four-stars. Auburn has four four-stars. And then Georgia's got 10 stinking commits already. They look great. Florida's got four four-stars that are just rated a little bit higher at 94.1. And then Alabama's got two five stars and two four stars, same amount of guys, but their average is just it's just higher. So once again, like I, I think there's certain things you've got to look at, but so many of these are that total score. But like when you go by the score, and where Auburn is seventh, LSU is sixth, but LSU has eleven guys committed, and I'd rather have more average. solid dudes, yeah, right? Right. And the other thing too is four stars in Florida get ranked a little differently on that not you know 92 93 sure. ranking than a four star at Alabama just because Florida has a little bit better of a reputation in the state of Florida as far as athletes. So a kid that's a four star in Florida may get a little bit of a bump a, a percentage point or two because it's a, a a rich state in football talent. Same thing with Texas or somewhere like that. So you know again what you want to do is not lose kids there are four stars or higher that are in your state that want to come to Auburn and you want to make sure you corral them and get them in the, in the fold. And so I think so far, you know, that, and then you branch outward and you go get the Walker whites in Arkansas. Yeah. We'll wrap up on this note, unless somebody has something in the live chat they want us to talk about. So Jamari Burnett's cousin is Alvin Henderson. Stud stud. He will be a five-star. He may be the top running back in, in, in next year's class, in the 25 class. He's from Elba, I believe. They're cousins, and I believe they visited Auburn at the same time a few times. I just got a text that fam being told that family matters for Henderson. You know, again, you, sometimes you take kids based upon their brothers <laughs> – or trying to, or, or you take kids based upon a high school teammate to bring them on campus. This is a scenario where Burnett will make his own destiny. He will do his own thing and make his own way at Auburn. But a nice added benefit of that is to get Cuz on campus with him. So now you got Cobb, him, and Henderson in the backfield in 2025 or whatever. Oh my gosh! It, it all matters. It, it and again, it's genius. It's what you want to do when you're building this program and you're building reputation, family matters. It does matter. And if they get to play together at Auburn and win championships together at Auburn, how special is that? Yeah. Yep. So be excited folks. Happy fat Friday to everyone. We've got stories up at auburndaily.com about it. And of course, uh, a ton of episodes of locked on Auburn um, throughout the week. If you guys missed any of those, be sure to check those out. Daryl, how can people give you some love brother? You can follow me at DAP6410 if you want to discuss this. Be glad to talk about it over Twitter. People do that. You can call me or you can check me out Monday morning at 710. Auburn Open Like of This Morning with Ben Taylor at 5 o'clock that evening. Mobile Station WNSP with Corey and Michael uh, on the final drive. And then on Wednesday, the Max Roundtable uh, with Doug Amos. Yep, yep. Daryl's everywhere. You can uh, read all of our written work at AuburnDaily.com. Once again, please click that subscribe button. It really helps the channel out. Please like this video. And happy Fat Friday, everyone. We will see you Monday. This has been Locked on Auburn.
The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.